Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, live broadcast, and subsequent podcast. Today, we are talking to author Danielle Ledbury about her really inspiring book, why we run tales of fell and trail running in the lake district welcome danielle how are you doing today i'm good thank you thanks for having me this is quite exciting awesome. super lovely to chat to people about running and books <laughs> brilliant yes two of our favorite things running and books about running <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so have you already been for a run today how's it been panning out for you so far um, I haven't run today yet, uh, but I am planning to go this evening, yeah, which I'm quite looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, good on you. I can never run in the evening. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'll do I'll do this in the evening, I'll do that in the evening. But as soon as we've put Finley to bed, I'm just like, no, I'm tired. I'm going to watch an episode of The Good Wife. <laughs> I do feel like that a lot, but my husband, is, he's he's quite good at, like this morning he was like, are you going to run tonight? <laughs> I think I think without him sort of like doing that extra little, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> probably be like no yeah yeah it's good to have a cheerleader isn't it um, so um we're going to talk today about why we run this excellent book that you have made it's a really beautiful book I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about it um but first of all can you just tell us a little bit about yourself Danielle like how did you personally find running um sure yeah so I I guess I always ran in school like I, I enjoyed running in school but um never like got it really into it competitively or anything like that and then um didn't really do anything to do with it for a long time um and then I was doing a bit of um oh no that was it so I was um like working in a pub and they wanted people to sign up to like a to help raise money for a local charity and they were sort of looking for people to run for them and do like the local bath half like the half marathon in the town um so I remember sort of thinking oh yeah that'd be quite like all right I'll I'm sure I can raise some money for you and signed up and um and I just found it so unbelievably hard to run that half marathon like and I just like walked loads like right and just just thought I just remember being like determined afterwards and thought right I want to do it again and I want to try and get around the whole thing with, like without feeling completely broken <laughs> yeah. so 
I guess sort of started from there. Um, Good fun. (laughs) Was that a road half marathon I'm presuming? It was yeah it was a road half marathon so um, back then I like I guess that was at a time of my life where I wasn't um, particularly into the outdoors well I mean I loved being outside I've always loved being outside and I've always loved being active but um, I guess I didn't really know that much about the outdoor communities and um, the kind of adventures that were out there that you could have really and so at that point it was just about a fitness thing I suppose and thinking this is interesting like my body feels quite broken trying to try this I wonder if I can um, get fitter and get better um, and then and then I um, started to think like, I wanted to go out running and then I wanted to go on footpaths because I wanted to kind of just play around on footpaths and then and then sort of and then I signed up to um, something called the Jurassic Coast 100 um, uh, yeah which was just I like the idea of like it was like a challenge like you had a 24 hours to do 100k um along the Jurassic coast and you could either walk or run it um it was again that sort of thing so and I just wanted to see if that was even humanly possible now I understand that there are things such as ultra running and training <laughs> and fell running I had no idea that world existed back then <laughs> um so now I know it's something that people do on a, like all the time <laughs> but at that point I was like is this possible can you yeah. Can my body do that? Can my body do that? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah, the first half was amazing. The second half was really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a really long way. That's amazing that you did that. And so, um, so you're obviously a runner now, um, and you've written this amazing book. Um, but uh, what is your day job? Are you connected to writing in in some way? Um, so not necessarily connected to writing. Um, I used to work as an art teacher and I used to teach art and photography in a secondary school. Um, we're in a few different secondary schools and then we moved to the Lake District and at the time there just wasn't any art teacher jobs so I was sort of thinking what else can I do? Um, I really want to move to the lakes because by this point we would got really into running and cycling and climbing and, um, and we wanted to move up here. Um, so then I found a temporary job for a year at the Outward Bound Trust, um, working, so they run um, outdoor residential programs, which are all about engaging young people with the outdoors and giving people an experience they might have never experienced before um, with the outdoors. Uh, so I kind of work in the office, communicating with the schools, so I'm a bit of a link between the schools and the centre. Um, yeah, um, but I guess... I like I still just absolutely love being creative and um, so I suppose now I have a job that's very much to do with the outdoors but it's not particularly creative in any way so um, yeah that's why when I was furloughed for a while and I had some time on my hands really I wanted to get back to being creative and doing something creatively so started picking up my camera again really. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was in COVID, um, yes. and then so so did you? How did it work then? Did you think, oh, I could write a book, or did you just start taking pictures, and then everything sort of spiraled from there? What was the process? It was more the second one, really. So I was I really wanted to do something creative. I wanted to do a po- a project, and I wanted to do a project about people, because um, I thought. I'm quite comfortable taking pictures of landscapes like I I like doing that a lot but I thought I haven't really done like a project that was focused on people before um 
so I thought I kind of I always think when you're doing something creative it's good to kind of challenge yourself do something like I feel like a lot about creativity is about learning and experimenting and sometimes you can learn and experiment the best if you're doing something completely unknown to you <laughs> so I wanted to focus something on people um, and at the same time I was just realizing how important running was to myself <laughs> and how much it had become a big part of my life and um, chatting to other people I could tell that that was something similar but for different reasons so I thought this would just be an interesting like starting point to interview somebody and photograph them and um, originally I planned just to have some portraits and then the, the words next to the portraits and that was kind of how I pictured it um, but once I started going out with people and photographing them and then I started photographing them running in the landscape um, and then I just felt like I've always loved books I just think this would make a really beautiful like that felt like the ending point for it like where I could aim for this project to be so to turn it into a book really so I think from early on I was thinking I'd like this to be a book I didn't know if that was just a complete pipe dream or like or a reality at the time but yeah that's sort of how it started so at what point did you get in contact with a publisher uh, so I, I was probably working on the project quite a while so I started to interview different people and um, just started to get a bit of confidence and like message people and think who would I quite like to hear their story and um, so then I started to message a few particular people but then at the same time I was just open to anybody that also wanted to be interviewed so um, my friend Katie she helped me make like a website and the Instagram and um a submission form so people could submit their stories and then we would basically um, look through and um, and I would try and like find a way to meet with that person and choose a location and then go and interview them so I kind of wanted that balance of um, really famous people famous runners really well-known runners but also um, anybody <laughs> like yeah and um, someone that is yeah just an ordinary person that might have a really interesting story or just want to be a part of it so um oh sorry you asked me about publishers so then <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that too <laughs> I was just queuing up the next question <laughs> um yeah so effectively I was thinking I really want it to be a book so I started applying to different publishers um and I kept getting no's I kept getting um people saying we really love your photos so I suppose I started applying once I had a bit of a body of work because um, I put together a bit of a PDF with what I thought a book might look nice at looking like <laughs> with some interviews and some stories to show them a bit of an example of this is what I'm doing like this is the body of work I've got so far and this is my plan for it and um, would you be interested basically <laughs> and um, yeah I got a lot of no's I got loads of no's <laughs> loads and loads of lo no's um, lots of people they basically all of them sort of said that they really liked the photography, they liked the idea, but they just didn't think it was quite commercial enough. So, okay. um, yeah, so they just didn't want to take it on. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, for a while I was thinking, oh, this no one likes it, no one's going <laughs> to... I like this idea, I thought it was yeah, good. Yeah, it's a brilliant <laughs> idea. I bet they're shooting themselves in the foot now. It's like the people that didn't sign the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. But I think... It was it was actually interesting because I think having setbacks in that kind of project is really good because 
then um, my mum, she was just, she kept saying to me, just keep trying, keep trying. She was like, people apply to thousands of publishers till they yeah. find that one. And yeah, um, yeah I think, yeah, my mum would check in on me and just be like, no, nope, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, honestly, like so many, yeah, so many publishers say, no, 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 no. you just have to find the right one in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, so then eventually I was, I met, I was doing some volunteering work at a local gallery um, and the lady there said, oh, there's a local publisher I know called Dave and he does pub, like books all about the lakes and he might be interested, you should apply. So I messaged him and I asked him, like, um, can you meet me for a coffee and I'll, I'll, I'll just pitch it to you and, um, and he met me and, yeah, and I, I think, and... Well, pretty much, I think he was the right publisher for the book. Like, I do think, like, all those ones I applied to before, um, like, it wouldn't have created what we created without Dave's input into it. Like, he definitely was the right person um, yeah. to take it on, which was which was really good. So I think, yeah, just keep going till you find the right <laughs> the Yeah, right keep going till you find the right one. And the book is really beautiful. Like, as you've said, like, the photos are amazing. People picked up on that initially, um, immediately, didn't they? And um, um, so, so yeah, what, why did you decide to focus on why we run rather than, there's so many books in there, like mine included, like, it's just focusing on how we run and there's not really much of that, like, emotional background, backstory to it. Um, yeah. I was just, like, really struck by one of the person, one of the phrases from Craig and Moore in the book and it, he calls running his emotional CPR and I was like, <laughs> yes, that he has hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, why, so, yeah, why did you choose the topic of why we run? rather than how to run which so many people focus on it's, it's just really a great topic well thank you yeah I think um well I think probably for two reasons like you said um I think there are lots of books about how you run and things like that and I know I don't have that kind of knowledge level like I'm not I'm not a coach I'm not um hugely experienced like I feel like I've done quite a bit but I don't think I could write something about how people do it um but I do just feel like excited by or intrigued by when people are talking about their running and they just start to light up and I think that is just something like that's something kind of in deep within you and so that was what I was interested in I was interested in the bit that made people when I was chatting to them about their running the bit that made them light up the bit that made them enthused about it and you can see that love them on it when people talk about it <laughs> so yeah. yeah to start with I was really adamant I was like I don't want anything about records I don't want anything about how to do I was like no it's not gonna have any of that but then Dave, yeah. Dave did talk me around and was like there needs to be a balance I was like okay. <laughs> it is really nice it's really nice like you've got like someone who I've never heard of before and then you've just got Steve Birkenshaw like Wayne Wright's <laughs> record breaker back in the day um, talking about that but then also talking like very candidly about his exhaustion afterwards and I just yeah. thought there was a really nice mix that like there's Joss Naylor in there absolute foul running legend and then there's just people yeah. you've never heard of and it's really nice because I think that's what fell and trail running is like like everybody is just in there together um, and none of these like elite athletes want to 
to be like put on a pedestal or anything, do they? They just want to be in the throng, in the, the milieu of, of people. Um, I like the way you also divided it into three chapters. Could you just tell us a little bit about why you decided, like what the chapters were and, and why you decided to put people in the different chapters? Yeah, definitely. So when we were getting to that sort of design stage and we were thinking about putting the book together, um, the designer was saying that it'd be really good to have chapters. Um, it gives like a bit of cohesion to the different sections of the book, a bit of a flow um, and also a bit of a break and a breathing space be between things. Um, so I was trying to think of like different themes that had kind of been coming up and how I could order people, well not order people, but um, put them into sections of different themes and there was a few kind of clear themes that were kind of coming out which were absolutely fascinating um, and yeah one was challenge that was really clear so there was a lot of people where um, that sense of self-development and challenging yourself and seeing what your potential is and feeling that um, challenge of the elements or perhaps um, there were some people that had gone through some form of challenge in their life or challenge with their running and running had been a real part of the process of that um, so challenge was a clear theme that started to come out um, which was a really interesting one um, the first one in the book is connection uh, and that theme was all about um, essentially there was people that were feeling like a connection to the landscape or a connection to others and um, like you said the community part of running um, was really really important and talked about a lot actually so that connection because I think running does it creates so much connection to other people to communities to the landscape um, you feel a part of something when you're running and being part of a running club and things like that so and um, yeah, that was connection. And then the final chapter is healing. Um, and um, I'm sure as loads of your listeners will know, it's and will, how, will have felt is that running has, um, it's an incredible tool for both your physical and mental well-being. Um, and that came out a lot. It came out in a lot of interviews. Um, and there were some really beautiful and powerful stories where running has been a really big part of the process of um, of healing or from some kind of grief or trauma or challenging situation that someone might have gone through in their life. Um, so that was a really clear and powerful chapter in the book that came out <laughs> yeah I like that that one was the last one um, yeah. because it, it sort of took you through the connection and then um the the challenges and it's like yeah oh, yes right rearing up and then the healing it's sort of like it's sort of like ah oh, the calm isn't it after all the storms <laughs> past. yeah and I was really struck by um the uh, George Foster you interviewed um ex-military uh, guy um and I, I really just thought these words hit the nail on the head as well he said real toughness is about dealing with emotions rather than ignoring them um so yeah I just thought that was great and I, I thought it was brilliant how everybody has a slightly different story but there will be somebody that everybody that reads this book can identify with like you've got people yeah. with diabetes and like somebody that was diagnosed with being celiac 
celiac, um, to like people talking about race, you've got, um, um, you've got people talking about being queer in there, people who are in love, people who've just broken up from a long relationship, people who have had like parents dying young or, or a bereavement um, of, of a friend or a family member. Um, yeah, how, how did you, um, you said you got the website to, um, so people could apply, but how did you choose the people? It must have been really difficult to, to, to wade through all those stories and actually choose the, well, the, the best one. There's, there's loads of stories out there, but choose the ones that you could portray the best. It was really, really hard, actually. Um, to start with, when I started the project, I was just trying to interview anybody. I was like, anyone that wants to be involved, <laughs> it'd be great. And I think I, I, I also really liked that way of working because like when people would apply, they would only put little bits of information. Um, and I never really knew until I met somebody what their like, what their real passion, what their real story was going to be. Um, and I got way better at interviewing people as, as the project went on. Like, okay. So George was actually one of my very, very first interviews. And my first interviews with him, I remember saying, like, um, why do you run? Thanks, George. Done. <laughs> and it was like a two-minute yeah. thing. And, and, um, and then we just spent the rest of the day running together, and it was lovely. But, but then by the, I worked on it for a few years, so by the end of the project, my later interviews were like these really beautiful, in-depth discussions where we discussed all sorts of things. And then um, and I would record it all, and then I would uh, transcribe all of the content, which took a really long time. <laughs> and then... And then send it to the editors, but I would highlight like which sections I really thought were the powerful bits and what I thought was the real story. And then we'd work together to kind of pull it out and um, piece it all together. Um, and yeah, so essentially those uh, later interviews were so much better. I went back and re-interviewed everybody that I did at the start. Oh, okay. and, um, and I just remember talking to George and... And also my, uh, so Dave, my publisher, who also edited the book as well, um, at one point when I was working on it, I was trying to get up to, I think, 40 interviews. I was, a, I just had this number in my head. I thought, that seems like a good body of work. I'm going to try and make it to that amount, um, which was really challenging. So at one point I was like working full time and I was really preg heavily pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I got up to about 35 in the end. Um and then um yeah I think I was about I was about I was I think I was about eight months pregnant I was up on Dale Head and I was like I think this is the last one I'm not going to do any more wow. this is the last <laughs> last interview yeah but I, I bet the last interviewee knew. was like don't go into labor early while we're on the top of Dale Head here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was um it was just because uh, once you've got a little kid, it's, I just knew, I was like, my time is going to be so much harder to do this when I've got, when I've got my little bubs. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of on this mission at that point to just interview anybody. And, um, quite often from the people that submitted, I would, um, I would look down the list and it, a lot of the time it would be who's, who's local, who could we, who could I actually meet up with or, and or if they said something, I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Um, or essentially it did get to a point where I was starting to be a little bit picky because um, I had a lot of um, like I'm, I wanted to show a variety of people because I think running it kind of transcends everything like it's so applicable to anybody and yeah. um, so accessible as well so for okay. a book that I wanted to inspire others to um, 
to take a chance or get out the door or give it a go. Um, I wanted to know that it would appeal to a really wide range of people. So I did start to have to think, right. I'm Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm missing, say, um, an older runner. So I remember thinking, I'm missing an older runner from the book. Who can I find? And then spoke to Kat and she said, oh, Leslie Malarkey from oh, the yeah. club. She's amazing. You've yeah. got to speak to her. So. That was fantastic <laughs> to see her in the book because she's my friend too. Oh, <laughs> she, she came on a photo shoot for Travelling Magazine years ago and she was so lovely. She said, come and stay with me whenever you want to. And oh, oh. like me being me, actually did. <laughs> went and stayed with her. And then just recently, me and my friend Sarah went to do a recce of the Frog Graham round, oh, and, yeah. uh, which we're not going to do. It's just far too stressful <laughs> to do the whole thing like at that speed. We did a bit of it and it was absolutely brilliant. And we stayed with her and it was just so lovely to see her oh, again. And then oh. I saw her at the Ken Kendall mountain festival as well um she did the 10k so yeah, yeah got her in my film so if you watch that film you'll see leslie running up that hill and then i've got her finishing as well she she didn't take she didn't take that much longer than me to do it and i was like oh my she goodness such she's, an inspiration she's, she's like seven, is she 75 now or like yeah, yeah she's in her yeah. 70s and she didn't she's even amazing. start running until she was 62 yeah like that's insane well, i know I think it's just it's so inspirational particularly when really? you think like, oh, like, maybe I'm a bit old to get into this or something. It's like, no, you're not at all. Like, yeah. there's much more life and fun ahead of you, which Leslie yeah. is a brilliant voice for that. So. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And she does so many races as well. It's like, so you know, good. like, you could just go and, and run anywhere age, that age, but to race yeah. as well. And, and she's serious about those races as well. <laughs> she's really good, yeah. She loves it. <laughs> yeah. I, we just did our Santa run um, on Sunday and I was beaten by my 80-year-old running friend, Morag. Um, she's just turned 80. She's got leukaemia and she's having another round of chemo next week. And there she is trotting along in front of us. We were walking because we had Finley on our shoulders. He refused to run. So, yeah, it's just amazing. I'm just so inspired by all these older runners. I just I, I love that they're out there running old because, yeah, I want to be them basically when I get there. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like I want to, I want to be like her when I'm older. <laughs> I think... And that's what I hope, um, yeah, comes across in the book is that sort of level of inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really is really inspiring. And I, I thought mm. it was really interesting as well. Um, all like you put in several, well, there was a queer one as well and somebody yeah. who was a lesbian as well. Um, mm. And you just, because I'm not that, I didn't think of any of the challenges that they might have or any of the, oh, any of the problems they might have with a normal running group and why they'd want to set their own group up. So that was just really enlightening. And I really enjoyed reading that. 
it's been really interesting because a lot of people have been interested to hear that story yeah. uh, like after the book I think like you're saying yourself it's like something that you might not have known was even happening so um yeah they were one that I targeted because I was thought um I was like if I'm putting this book out I want to make sure I've got like all sorts yeah. of voices in here so a message and again everybody I messaged was just like yeah sounds great really yeah. a big part of it so yeah. <laughs> it's amazing yeah, they were really interesting. It was, yeah, it was really different, which is, I think, good. Yeah. I like, I was I trying. I liked their interview because it was like, there was a few of them, wasn't there? There was loads yeah. of them. So there was like different people, whereas the other interviews are just like you talking to one person. But I yeah. liked the way you didn't feel the need to be constrained by that throughout the whole book. You were like, no, there's several people here. We're going to have Toby and someone else and Maisie and Molly and, and all these different people talking. And that was really nice. They got a real sense of the community that they had created for themselves. So I just thought that was a really good way of displaying that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that worked. Yeah, yeah I think it was really nice. It was really really important for me to um keep the book in like a really interview style so mm -hmm. the words were are pretty like um I really wanted it to sound like the person and like make sure it we didn't change things and that sort of thing so it, yeah I really because again I wanted it to sound like people were literally listening to them chatting <laughs> yeah yeah like um like Joss Naylor like, like yeah. you can hear Joss's voice coming through, can't you? Because you, you've put it in his like little dialect and the little idioms that he uses. You can really hear him talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quite often when I would interview someone, I would send them the text afterwards and then they would send it back to me and they'd say, oh, I've edited it and it would be really like polished and really like yeah. um, neated up. And I remember then chatting to them being like, I'm sorry, I'm going to change it back. I was like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it needs and polished. I was like, I want it to just sound raw and like it, like you are. Like them, yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. Yeah, like so, more conversational. You know, chats where I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think you did well to stand your ground there because that really does come across as like, they do feel like you're talking to them. Um, and you covered race as well, which was good because I was first, I was flicking through the book and I was like, oh, these are all white people. Like, is this like, was it people did you just have people that lived in the Lake District or did you also have people who did a lot of running in the Lake District? Yeah, it became a bit of a mix, really. Mm -hmm. So mostly it's people that live in the lakes. Um, but there are some people that um, had a real connection to the lakes um, and did a lot of running in the lakes. So um, it was definitely as long as people were had that connection and the story and was a part was based in the lakes. That was kind of where I decided to stand with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zuki, again, that was, um, so like you were saying, so essentially I was doing this project and then I just got to a point where I was like, everybody's white. Mm. I was just like, and I can't, I was, I just thought I can't not represent something for the future. Like I thought it's important. So I contacted the Black Trail Runners and I sort of said, have you got anybody that wants to be involved that like runs in the lakes I'm always doing that to them I'm like can yeah. someone come like, yeah, I was yeah. like I think it's important to show this voice um and I know that you guys are like a fantastic voice for what you're doing so um can we work together basically and um and uh, actually, then George Foster messaged me and said, I've met Zuki at some races. Oh, He's nice. great. I've chatted to him about your project. Here's his number. So it actually came about that way. So and that actually a lot of the people in the book did come from that way where I would say to somebody, um, I would interview somebody and they would say, do you know what? I know this person has yeah. got an amazing story. And then before I knew it, I'd get their number and I'd be talking to them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah it was um 
yeah, it was just such an absolute privilege to, I just can't believe it, like spending spending my spare like weekends and things like that and evenings in the summer out with these people were hearing these fantastic stories. They were just, I think once I started to, I started it as a photography project, but once I started to hear these such inspirational people talking I was just like wow like they've they've got to it's got to be bigger than that like it's got they've got to have a chapter there's got to be much more to their voice um so it became a um it became jointly about basically the words and the photos rather than when I started it it was more just a photography project and I thought um people talking about running would be an interesting way to get to see what they yeah, how they talked about it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah so. I was just thinking, if you've got all those trans, all those tapes that you had to transcribe, oh, yeah. have you ever thought about making a podcast out of it? Oh, out of the project. Yeah, I mean, I had. It did go through my mind at some point. I thought, oh, podcast could be a really fun way to continue. Like, yeah, like a website and a podcast. Like it just continues, like a Why We Run podcast. Yeah. I don't know if there already is a Why We Run podcast. But I don't know. That I'm would be sure. cool. Yeah, that could be quite fun. That would be great. I mean, I do love talking to people and interviewing people. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. People have such great stories. It's really, really amazing. Um, and talking of the stories, I, I really wanted to ask you, which one did you personally find the most moving? Did you have one where you were just like really struck by it, like a really heartfelt story? Oh, uh, well, there's like there's so many uh, <laughs> I know yeah. be really hard it's like choosing I, yeah. which is your favorite kid <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was just it was just amazing because each person like I said I didn't really know what they were going to say or when I met up with them I didn't really know like they would choose the location I say choose a location that's special to you and um and then we would just have these days out in the fells and just hearing them speak was just incredible so I think there's quite a few where um that someone took me off guard a little bit or um so my um who should I who should I talk about um so uh my friend Mark who's in the book I met him traveling years ago um out in Nepal and then he had been and then he got in contact with me and said I'm moving to the lakes I've just seen your project and I'd love to be a part of it so he, he now lives in the lakes and he's a part of the lakes community. Um, but he came and stayed with me for a bit whilst he was like trying to move here. And, um, and then we went out and spent the day in the fells and he wanted to be a part of it. I remember we did our run and then we sat down afterwards and we'd done the interview. And then, and then I said, oh, is there anything else that you want to talk about um, that you'd like someone that might be in a similar position to you to hear your story and then he sort of said oh, I, I've skirted around it and I'll be annoyed if I don't actually talk about it so and then he just um, yeah came out with all this really beautiful and incredibly powerful things about um, when he went through um, PTSD and um, recovery from injuries from the army and 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 I guess like I'd never known that sort of side of him. He'd never, and I think feeling like he, um, I just felt hugely privileged to give people the opportunity to um, share that voice and that story. And I think his was a really powerful one. Um, and it was hard for him to share at the time. Um, so I think that was, yeah, it felt really special yeah. to be able to, um, to be able to do that with him. Yeah. yeah 
kind of like a day of therapy that they're having with you there, like getting it all off their chest and being heard. <laughs> there was a few that were definitely like that. I had a couple of people that um, said to me, I've never actually shared this story before. Wow. Um, yeah, so like Katie, my friend Katie Milburn, um, she is in the book as well and her story is um yeah incredibly like she's just amazing she's absolutely incredible um and she went through um she lost her partner and it was a huge hugely traumatic experience um and yeah like I think hearing those sorts of stories you realize just how incredible someone is and you never really know what someone might have gone through um or what they might be dealing with at that point of time I think is what I learned and hearing these things and what people have gone through and just how powerful running and the running community can be to be that little help <laughs> or and they don't even know it they don't even know it like yeah. like <laughs> like Katie turned up to like just she ended up going to a race and she was at such a low point like a really dangerously low point and then she said she wasn't going to go she was going to turn around she was going to leave and then before she knew it someone recognized her and said oh I know you you just joined the club and chatted away to her like and she before she knew it she was off racing yeah. done and like oh, and yeah. it was the start of a really um powerful journey of like healing for her yeah. and I think it's just amazing because that person might not have even known how much they've helped her mm-hmm. just by being someone there chatting at a race and being friendly to someone so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think running does save a fair few lives, doesn't it? Like, in general, it does save lives. Um, yeah, and as Craig and Moore put it, emotional CPR, I just thought that was brilliant. it puts it in those emergency terms as well doesn't it and those vital like essential oh my god you need some emergency emotional CPR running yeah I just thought that was a brilliant way of putting it yeah and so um just coming on to a a couple of final questions before we have a some quick fire questions for you just like some little fun questions at the end um so what did you learn um from creating this book Oh wow! I've learned so much. I've learned it's so much. Half hour now. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to like narrow it down. Um, I have learned. I have learned that. Um, oh, I think so. Thinking about like a creative project, or if you're trying to work towards something and achieve something, that I've learned that interestingly, I've never worked on something that long, and it went through huge waves of. Um, buzzes of excitement and like this is going really well to just completely like the energy sort of dropping and nothing happening um and then I'd pick it back up again and I think that um just accepting that sometimes things will just drop off mm-hmm. and you can always pick them back up again and um, you don't have to completely stop like it's uh yeah you do if you just keep chipping away at something um like you will end up reaching your goals I think um like I know like I had huge periods of time where I um, like had no time, no energy, and I would just say to myself, just send one email when you get home, just do 10 minutes of editing like each night, just five minutes. Like, And I think that applies to running as well. It's like, just do that little bit. Just, mm-hmm. And I think I've learned that to achieve something, actually it's that just continually doing a little bit just chipping away and you will suddenly find yourself (laughs) 
at an end result you didn't know that you could achieve. <laughs> yeah, that's so um, interesting that you've said that because um, like a big race, you know, like an ultra, like a 50 mile yeah. or something, or or a book, it seems like a really big thing. Um, yeah. But if you just do like every Friday, like with my book I did every Friday, I was like, that's sacrosanct, that's religiously my day for the book, um, yeah. you know, bar a few, um, but like every Friday. And like you said about, about the running, um, just 10 minutes. So, you know, I've got to go and do a run soon. And the thing yeah. that puts people off is that they think they have to go and do a big thing or it'd be really hard or spend the whole day doing it. But now you've mm -hmm. said that, I am just, I'm just going to go and run just three or four miles today. And yeah, definitely was, um, yeah, exactly. And I felt like that happened so much in the book when the people I spoke to, like everyone would say, like, life's really hard, life's really busy. But if you just convince yourself to just get out the door, mm -hmm. just for like a little bit, by the time you're out, actually, normally it's fine. You'll be out for much longer and you'll feel much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like try not to focus on that big task it's just that just do that little bit and it will just get you going <laughs> yeah little and often yeah yeah they learned that a lot both in running and in doing something a project <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's a fantastic book and I absolutely recommend everybody to buy it where can everybody get their hands on it ah great so um so my publisher is called inspired by Lakeland um, Lakes based publisher so it's available online there um, you can also look on our um, social channels so why we run or sorry why we underscore run um, and that's our Instagram and on there there's like the link tree and you'll be able to click on there and get through to our website or to the book or to all of our um, other media that we've been working on um, we and um, yeah I've been working on <laughs> and then um, also, it's available in all of the shops. Well, I don't say all of them, but everywhere I go, it seems all to be available good ones. in the lakes, which is brilliant. So, all, any local lakes-based bookshops, um, and I think, and we're now in booths as well. Um, yeah, so lots of places in the lakes, yeah. <laughs> all online. Fantastic, and everybody should get following you on Instagram as well. I'll link up to everything in the film description below um, once we finish the broadcast, and also in the podcast as well, because I turn it into a podcast at the end. Um, before we do the quick fire questions, they're just silly little questions, um, I just want to uh, just give you a taste of everybody who's been watching live. So if you haven't already put a live comment and you want to, <laughs> me to read one out to Danielle, then, then do it now so that I can read some more to her after the questions. Um, but Sean O'Keefe, um, he says hi. Um, he also says, Katie, story was a real tearjerker for him as well um, and Tony Reeves says hi both today Ush Cantwell says hi as well um, and I've got to say get well soon to Tony as well because he is in bed with a chest infection oh, <laughs> get well soon Tony <laughs> uh, and Johnny Doyle says hi as well and cool uh, cool cool in, cool, cool in Olympia says a great idea for a book and guest so <laughs> Everybody has really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. I'm just going to do some quick fire questions um, about you and your running. Um, uh, okay, flapjack or gels? Flapjack. <laughs> Excellent answer. After a race, beer or wine? Oh, um, probably beer. <laughs> Excellent. That is the right answer. Um, and this is a good one for you as an author, Kindle or real book? Real book. I just can't beat the tactileness of something that's real. <laughs> I know, me too. And I'm in the green runners now, so I'm like, oh, I should be being eco-friendly and not having paper. But I still, oh, the, the thought of a Kindle doesn't appeal to me. 
<laughs> I'm also really I'm also really dyslexic so reading on screens I find really quite hard but a book where you can like fold a page down or come back to it or mm-hmm. I don't know I find it much easier you can put your <laughs> finger along it as well like it's like looking mm-hmm. down rather than up yeah yeah <laughs> um uh music on your run or bird song bird song <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, this is good for you as well as an artist. Um, classical art or modern art, which do you prefer? Oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. Um, mm, probably modern art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome answer. Camping or holiday cottage? Um, definitely camping. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Seaside run or mountain run? Definitely the mountains. I just love the hills. Mind you. <laughs> Like the coastal paths are a lot hillier than you think they're going to be. <laughs> yeah, so maybe both. <laughs> um, and then the final quick fire question um, tea, as in t shirt, or tree? That refers to teas, not trees. <laughs> oh, always a tree. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, they are very good answers. Um, today she says, that sounds like a great book. Um, and also Tony, um, suffering from the chest infection, Tony says, great to hear your process, Danielle. Thank you for sharing. Also, very interesting how it changed over time. Oh, he's got one final question. Have you got time for just one final question? He says, would you have changed anything? Oh, oh, that's really hard to, I mean, um, mm, oh, would I have changed it? I mean, in all honesty, there's so many things that I look back and I think, oh, I wish I could change that. I wish I could change that and that and that. But I think with any creative project, I remember speaking to a really good photographer who's done a book and he just said to me, he was like, the thing is you as a creative are always going to see where you could improve because that you're just always we're always our own like worst critic yeah (laughs) but um but you just have to draw a line at some point and that's that so that's I guess that's what happened so um yes if I could redo it all and work on it forever I would (laughs) yeah well maybe you can if you're going to do a podcast you could do a podcast and a website that just keeps growing and growing and growing this could be your thing it could be really fun yeah and there's so many more stories out there as well to tell so um yeah I would have I would have I would have put way more people in the book if I could have done but my publisher was like page limit (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah book two perhaps that could be a good good next one yeah (laughs) Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Danielle. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you today. Um, And yeah, best of luck with the book sales. Um, Everybody go and buy the book. It's highly recommended. I think it's absolutely wonderful. The photography is beautiful. The pictures of the people are beautiful. And uh, we didn't even touch on the fact that there's maps in there as well to inspire you to go and do your own lately restricted adventures. There's like the Bob Graham, there's the Abraham Tea Round, there's like Joss Naylor's Lakes, Mears and Waters. There's loads of different maps in there. Um, Absolutely fantastic book definitely put it on your Christmas list uh, for Santa Um, yeah so thank you so much Danielle it's been great to hear from you thank you very much (laughs) it's been a pleasure (laughs) awesome bye everybody and thank you for watching for listening (laughs) thank you hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.